Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Are you having trouble losing weight? Do you get extreme food cravings, especially at night? What about the inability to lose weight even when you cut calories and do a lot of exercise? I know I fell into this category for pretty much most of my life. It's actually probably not even your fault. You most likely have what's called leptin resistance. Leptin is actually a hormone made by the fat cells that regulates food intake and energy expenditure by communicating with the brain. The more fat you have, the more negative leptin messages are actually being sent to your brain. This creates what's called leptin resistance and is going to sabotage all dieting efforts and causes food cravings even when you have enough fat stored. Introducing Zenith, this is an all-new, completely natural formula that gently decreases leptin levels to restore accurate communication between fat cells in the brain. Zenith contains zero harmful stimulants. It's made of all-natural polysaccharides and acetylated fatty acids, very safe for long-term weight loss plans, and it is made in the USA. In an eight-week, university-conducted, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, participants lost 21.3 pounds of fat, lost almost four inches off their waistline, and reduced serum leptin levels by 43%. So if you or someone you know, someone you really love is struggling with weight loss, head down to the show notes. I'll have a link there and a few videos where you can learn more information about Zenith. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Buy Optimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. Today's guest is Adam Marafioti. He is the owner of Lifeblood Bioenergetic Focus Supplement Company. And I had him on the show today to not only talk about his supplements, but also to explain these crazy liver and gallbladder flushes that he's been partaking in recently. And Adam, like myself, believes that detox is one of the most important aspects to metabolic health in the 21st century. We are just bombarded with so many toxins, and I have not tried one of these liver and gallbladder flushes yet. I really want to. I got to find the space and create some time to try one out. We talk about other ways to get some bioflow going, different supplements you could take, coffee enemas, things like that that I use on a daily basis. And then we talk about one of his main supplements on his page 
Sage Lifeblood, which is methylene blue. It's been all the craze in the biohacking world. So if you've never heard of methylene blue, this would be an awesome resource for you. He makes a methylene blue product that's already in liquid form. So it's easy to dose. You just take a couple drops underneath the tongue or you can take a higher dose if that's what's needed for you. But enjoy the show with Adam Marifiotti, all about detox and methylene blue. Adam, welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for having me, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. I actually uh, been a fan. I followed your page for I think around a year now. Um, originally heard you over on like Mitolife and Extreme Health. I don't know if that was like six months or a year ago. And uh, I've actually been playing with some of the same uh, molecules and things that you have for quite a long time. So I thought it'd be interesting to get you on. And I haven't had anyone talk about some of the. Um, some of the different vitamins and uh, uh, stuff that you promote on your page. Actually, I haven't done any shows on any of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. So I thought it'd be cool to get you on. But we do have uh, kind of like similar backgrounds from like a party background and everything that kind of shifted us into the alternative space. So why don't you give everybody your background and how you landed mm-hmm. here? Yeah, so I got into alternative health uh, when I was around 24, I think. And uh I'm coming up on 31 now. I basically went from, uh, you know, distinct feeling of kind of late teens, early 20s, just this amazing, whatever it is, whether it's like your hormonal profile or your metabolism, your energy, the state of your organs, et cetera, um, the way things are flowing. I distinctly remember, you know, basically feeling immortal like (laughs) like to the point of like almost delusion uh where it was like i know i'm gonna die one day but i literally don't feel like it like that was that was how i felt uh you know in in that time zone and then i remember basically my my feeling you know that sort of feeling and everything else distinctly dropping off a cliff and uh and losing that sort of like immortality feeling and, and kind of just feeling bogged down and weathered and what I thought was just getting older. And I was just like extremely frightened of aging at that point because, I, you know, I thought that this feeling of low energy and uh, just like low mood, low vitality, et cetera, is, is, a, is just the hallmark of what being 24 was. But Eventually, I came to my senses and realized, you know, that just can't be true. Um, and I just did what I knew how to do, which was take to the Internet and, and just start searching around for, you know, just for answers, basically, and solutions. Um, I knew if I went to a doctor and said, hey, I feel like shit, then they're basically going to take some very, very basic level blood tests uh, not know how to interpret them anyway is probably be useless tests regardless, but not know how to re- interpret them. And then, you know, give me like, say, Hey, do you want to take this drug? And knowing that beforehand, I just kind of knew it was a waste of time to go see a, a traditional doctor anyways. And so I eventually just took to the internet, took to YouTube, found natural and alternative health. Um, Basically through the raw vegan kind of fruitarian juicing world, uh, this guy, Dan, the life regenerator McDonald was, I used to just watch this guy make juice and rant for like hours on end 
on YouTube and he would just rant about taking your health back uh, totally into your own hands, 100% taking full responsibility of your health. It's 100% due to what you put in your body, the thoughts you have, the, the actions you take, etc. And just regaining total vitality uh, at, any, at any age and any circumstance. And, you know, his thing was that you can do this through juicing, through live foods, uh, hydration, enzymes, etc. And so I got really deep into that world and started juicing. Um, and that was how I transitioned from just, you know, the generic lifestyle of, of being a partier for 10 plus years, never missing a weekend, going on often like serious, serious alcohol binges for like months on end um like every day like things like that um to eating high quality organic fruits vegetables juices focusing on not putting in any of the toxins from the environment like soaps cosmetics uh body wash shampoo like changing out all that stuff was another huge layer i learned during that time as well because it's not just it's not just what you put in your body that affects you, but it's it's what you don't put in your body as well. So there has to be uh, a combination of of you taking in the right things and also avoiding the things that aren't helpful for to you. Um, so I've been down a, a lot of different avenues since then and uh, was vegan for about two years. And after that, or towards the end of, of being vegan, I I ended up basically presenting with uh, classic hypothyroid symptoms. And while I regained a lot of my vitality in certain ways, there's definitely uh, a time limit on that, at least with, you know, restricting any animal protein and being on low calorie, low density foods all the time, like salads, juices, basically all day was, was the majority of my sustenance. Maybe I have like one cooked meal at night with like some sweet potato or something or rice. Um, and most of those days for about two years were also intermittent fasted, like 12 to eight, very, very strict. Um, and along that path, I did 23, one, like, you know, one hour meal days. I did that for a few months. I did lots of uh, extended fasting, water fasting, 72 hour water fasts, uh, many 24 hour water fasts, 48 hour did juice fasting and, uh, just lots of that. So eventually I, I, I hit the point where I was run down and essentially hypothyroid. Uh, so really, really skinny, low energy or not exactly low energy, but sort of the, uh, low, low mood not as much vitality and uh, always cold, which was like really, really present symptom I had was just like in the middle of the summer, I could be, my whole body could be cold any time of day. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, it's, we have so many parallels and similarities. I, I partied all through high school and college and I kind of lived a sort somewhat of a double life. I'd like 
do these bodybuilding diets and then I would like just drink like whiskey and water, right? Like trying to minimize calories so that I stayed yeah. in shape because I was like out trying to get laid or whatever I was trying to do. And like it was it was such a double life. I'd be like researching health and drinking protein shakes and then like drinking a fifth of whiskey at night and it was bizarre. And then uh, as it led forward, I kind of like... <clears throat> See, where, where you you were smarter than me, like you noticed the shift at 24. And around then, I think I started to use like a lot of cannabis and drugs to power through Adderall and different things mm-hmm. to kind of get shit done. And then that if had I stopped maybe around the time you did, I probably wouldn't have led into like I had chronic Lyme disease and mold and all this shit, and you know, Epstein wow. Barr and all the shit I had to work through. Because I think I just kept pushing it right instead of like taking a step back and doing things. Um, I just kept going with the Adderall and the drugs and, the, you know, a lot of lots and lots of cannabis because it was legal in Michigan. And um, it was funny. I just I would do the same things. I would literally like I wasn't vegetarian at first, but I would start doing these like three day juice fasts. And then and then when I really, really started to feel like shit, I was like, you know what? Uh, I got with my my wife now. She's my girlfriend. Then she was like off and on like pretty much her whole life vegetarian. So I was like, you know what? We went shopping one day. I was like, I just feel like shit. Like I'm just going to like buy all this vegetarian food. So then it's funny. You you get sucked into like cheese pizzas and shit sometimes and stuff when you're like being vegetarian, like I would be like mostly healthy, but then sometimes you could only eat like French fries and shit. And then, um, then I was like, had a buddy who had a vegan protein bar company, um, planet protein, which is a pretty cool company. But, um, He's like, dude, you got to go vegan, like vegetarians, like the first step, you got to go vegan. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go vegan. So then I did that. And it was like a, a six months of vegetarianism and then like a year of veganism. And towards the end, I had like, like you did, just hormones were out of whack. I was like, lost all my muscle. I was really bloated from eating so much like raw, like salads and raw tofu and just like, all this crap that um, I actually did feel pretty decent in the beginning. And I think that's why what, why most people stick with it. But there's like a Goldilocks phase there where like it's probably super good for like cleaning you out or some form of like detox on the system. Maybe for like, you know, one to three months or something like that. Some short period, you can probably um, see some benefits there. But then there's the dim- law of diminishing returns on that diet, especially veganism, where you're not even having like the eggs or the cheeses or the dairy and I think you can kind of start to see some issues come pretty rapidly. And that happened with me. And then I had to go back to the more like paleo style diet once I quit that. And I've tried keto and carnivore and all the other shit. But pretty funny how the similarities there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I I do think I I definitely achieved a benefit by like going through that juice phase and stuff. Um, but like you said, like I said, there's certainly a time limit on that. and and it's about, you know, I think the the important takeaway lesson there too is, is like when you're going through these different health phases and paradigms and stuff, when you watch something work for you, you have to really be diligent to not get caught up in that and to not box yourself in. So people will, will take on a therapeutic lifestyle, intervention, diet, protocol, et cetera watch it work for them in a very short period of time. And then all of a sudden they'll begin to identify with that, with that diet protocol, lifestyle, et cetera, not realizing that it's actually a therapeutic intervention and not meant to be a long, long form lifestyle. So one huge lesson I learned going vegan and how much it actually sucked 
getting out of veganism, having identified myself as a vegan, you know, socially and, and everything else for two years is having to leave that was really painful and annoying. And so I learned the valuable lesson of, okay, I'm never going to put myself in a box again of I'm X or Y. Um, and it's about taking the benefits from certain protocols, interventions, therapies, et cetera, and still keeping yourself open to one, having just a very, you know, a more sustainable lifestyle in general, where you're not, let's say you're not 100% detoxing all the time, or you're not on a hundred percent restrictive diet. You're not only carnivore, you're not only vegan, et cetera, only keto, but understanding there's value and use in all these things and, and we can incorporate them. Uh, you know, it's, it's our ability to, to use our brains and incorporate them, you know, acutely for benefit. Yeah, I agree. The, the, it seems like the vegan camp's kind of the hardest to get out of you. Like you begin to like, that's all you, who your friends are. And you go to like these vegan meetups and, I don't know if you follow uh, her name's rewild Carly Rose on Instagram. She, she, um, my friend Carly Rose, she's got like a hundred thousand followers. Now she kind of blew up, but she had like 30,000 followers. She built for like seven years on this vegan, like no waste lifestyle. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. I had her on the podcast to explain it all because she kind of had to reach out to me and, you know, when she started wanting to eat eggs and meat again, and I was, you know, telling her like, you need to she like hadn't had a period in like over a year she's like (laughs) thinking that like cbd was gonna fix it and shit and it was a rough transition for her because of like the the following that she had grew and it's funny because now that she spoke her truth and she's like eating liver on instagram raw liver and like doing all this like animal-based product stuff um she's blew up even further now she's got almost a hundred thousand so it was super scary in the beginning but it's it's weird when you you know, the boxing yourself in is so problematic, you know, and I've, I've boxed myself in keto and carnivore and vegan. And I think I've boxed myself in every single camp that you could pretty much box yourself in. And now I just, I'm like, listen, there's going to be certain diets that work for pretty much a certain subset of the population. And if that works for you, then keep grinding it out. I'm just always like, if you feel great, then do it. I do think that the veganism does seem to experience the worst health outcomes. I think even vegetarianism could go further than that. But for the most part, it's like, whatever, if you're thriving, bro, bro, girl, whatever, do your, do your thing. Yeah. And each person needs to, you know, it's valuable in itself to go along this journey and discover things for your own, uh, like, you know, for yourself. I think it's just a valuable aspect of this life we have here to even be able to make mistakes and go down the wrong path and then and then find the right one eventually or or a better one. You know, it is it is part of the learning experience of life to to go down these different way these different pathways, right? And and sort of bring ourselves up to have someone else just sort of be pulling you around all the time or telling you what to do or you're just blindly following xyz person or you don't try anything at all right all of those i think are are worse off yeah i totally agree i listen to you know so many different people's podcasts and i think the one problematic issue with people who get stuck on like one health guru is like 
they don't really like listen to their intuition, right? Like every health podcast or guru, you can attain a little bit of good information from them. But if something that they're promoting a supplement, you try it or whatever, and it doesn't resonate with you just because they have all these testimonials on cod liver oil or whatever it may be that these people are taking and you take it and you feel like shit, well, then use some discernment and say, well, maybe that's just not for me or not for me in this moment. Like it just everyone's so different. And the, the problem is people, one, like you said, don't experiment. And two, they don't listen to their body when they start trying things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there becomes the problem of like, you know, they think they're being sort of critical thinkers by, by watching these people or, you know, following the advice of certain people that are like alternative and they think that just blindly following that person alone is like their version of critical thinking. But, you know, it's it's really not that way. And, and you still need to take in alternative opinions and stuff. And you still need to sift through them yourself. And, and there's just no there's no replacement for your own discernment and for your own uh, critical thinking and application of certain things and then you know, experiment and then change and then tweak things one at a time. And you really, you can't avoid that process of, you know, of self-adjusting and going through everything yourself. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think all of the reason this podcast even exists is because I tried so many things to get healthy with the lime and the mold and all the parasites. And, you know, I just had to keep trying and trying and listening and researching and had so much brain fog that it was like never ending. And that's pretty much what I talk about on this show. That's the only reason I have any form of knowledge. I'm not any expert in anything. I've just experimented a shit ton. And so from there comes some form of value for somebody, I think. But why don't we dive into kind of before we get into some of the other stuff, what like what happened when you started eating the animal products again? You felt a lot better? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I like I was saying before, I was I was on a very low calorie, just low nutrient dense food diet with like tons of salads and juices and and little amounts of cooked food and and I was also intermittent fasting a lot and fasting. So I was in a very low metabolic state in general. And what I did to transition out of that was uh, for for whatever reason, I mean, I'm so glad I, I did it this way. I transitioned very, very slowly. Um, I guess I just I just kind of knew that I had to take things one step at a time. And I hadn't eaten breakfast in like three years. So, so the way that I started introducing more caloric density and, and more animal and any animal foods into my diet was, was first simply by just adding one hot chocolate at night. I would just make a hot chocolate with real milk. I, I didn't even drink, you know, real milk much as a kid. I didn't like milk ever. So I was basically on, on like, no dairy for years and years and years. Um, so I added this hot chocolate in, started having it every night, just, you know, cacao powder, maple syrup and milk. And, uh, and then eventually over the course of a month or two, I started to add eggs and, uh, I think I would just, I was just adding eggs 
I don't know, in one of my meals, maybe my dinner or something, I was having like rice and eggs. And then eventually I started to add in breakfast. And uh, after that, I added in red meat. <clears throat> so I started eating like ribeyes. And towards the end of my my vegan uh, phase, I I was definitely feeling... Uh, not only was I sort of like weak and, and gaunt on the outside, but I was definitely uh, kind of like emotionally and behaviorally weak. And I was feeling way more, you know, emasculated, I guess, like, I want to say effeminate, but uh, I guess, you, you know, just uh, to make it easy to, to understand, I would say I was, I was pretty effeminate and after eating red meat, like just taking down like 10, 15 ribeyes, all of a sudden something just changed and it was like a light going off. And I just looked back at myself, you know, my previous self. And I was like, wow, what, what was I just doing like six months ago? Like, I can't believe I was behaving that way. And all of a sudden, all these things started to just make a lot more sense to me behaviorally, socially, you know looking at myself in the mirror, et cetera, things just, I just was able to see things more in a clearer way than I was able to before. And I, I can't really explain a specific feeling or what that really is, but even just uh, being able to dissect, you know, news events and like being less manipulative, or sorry, manipulable, is that a word? Overall, <laughs> um, less malleable right from from like the news or from current events social events etc you begin to actually have a stronger frame stronger foundation in yourself this is what i felt and become more immovable and then you become the force that is then you know moving and manipulating things around you if that makes sense and and that was a big change that i felt yeah, no, that's, I feel the same way. I felt like um, I, the veganism world's kind of weird because you start diving into plastics and zero waste and, you know, you start to really actually realize a lot of the terrors in the world before when you were just eating kind of whatever, you didn't really care, right? I would just buy like organic chicken and just, just for mm -hmm. protein. And then I started, when you get in the vegan world, they're talking about all these different like horrors of the world. And, and of course they're there, but I see they seemed a lot more triggering when you were vegan and and I think uh, animal products can give you the, the nutrients and amino acids and things you need to, to be a lot more grounded to process that information in just a more productive way. Like, of course, there's a lot of bullshit going on in the world, but you can't let that affect you 24-7. You have to have, like you said, a good framework and be able to look in the mirror and say, this is what's happening. But also, all I can do is change the people around me and try to get a better outcome within my little community. And hopefully that sheds forward and trick has a trickle effect on the people near them and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and ex exactly. And I think, you know, to live in, in accordance with nature, you know, with God's law, the creation here, it's, you can find a lot of that uh, going vegan and just, you know, even understanding that just the, the beautiful cycle of the way things work here, fruit falls off the tree, is ready for you to eat, it's colorful, it's, it's inviting to your eyes, you eat it, it tastes good you know, because it's nutritious, it tastes good. 
and there's a seed inside that you can plant and then you know the cycle continues and there's no waste involved there and, and everything is in perfect harmony um you know there's there's some aspect of that that's that's excellent and and we should take in parts of that and and be able to integrate it into you know a lifestyle where we're also eating animal foods and taking care of animals which take care of the land and there's that psych that beautiful cycle there as well <clears throat> and then the animal foods give us the strength the power and the mental acuity we need for instance i don't think i could have been a leader of anything or or a, a builder of anything whether it's a business or a community etc in my vegan you know where my vegan physiology was at i don't think i could lead but now I lead naturally in many ways just because because that's how it's working. That's how it's flowing through. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Cool. I feel the same way about animal products, and that's why I preach about them quite a bit. I want to shift the gears here because you've been doing something that I find really interesting. I've been doing coffee enemas for quite some time, so I'm, and I'm big into the detox world having – uh, basically being pushed into that direction with all of the like heavy metals and lime and stuff that I had to remove. So, I, you know, I kind of got into coffee enemas a long time ago, but you've been doing these liver and gallbladder flushes. Can you explain to people like what exactly that looks like? Uh, why would somebody be interested in a liver gallbladder flush? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. This has been a big passion of mine lately uh, for the past, I don't know, year, let's say. And yeah, about a year now. Um, so what what the liver flush is, it's uh, based on a protocol by a guy named Andreas Moritz uh, and also Hilda Clark. They both have books on it, I think. I know his book. Uh, I haven't read hers. What it is, is it's a protocol that helps you flush out. It basically prompts your body to flush out the accumulation of what are basically gallstones or cholesterol stones, uh, which is bile, cholesterol, proteins, you know, different proteins uh, that get stuck in your liver ducts, your bile ducts, which connect your liver to your gallbladder and in your gallbladder itself. And the it's these these uh, compounds form, like the bile, the cholesterol, etc. They they form because your bile isn't flowing properly, so it's being inhibited the flow by, you know, if you're like me, drinking tons of alcohol for 10, 15 years, like tons. You know, just that alone will do it, hundred percent. Huge, huge damage on your liver. Huge impeding the bile flow, and then on top of that, you add eating, you know. Tons of PUFAs, fast food, seed oils, uh, all types of preservatives. Like if you had to do an audit on the things you ate when you were like, when you were like one to, I don't know, 15, 20, whatever it is. If you had to do a serious audit and look at everything, if there was a way for you to just like see everything all at once, you would, you would be horrified, right? I would be horrified. You'd be horrified. That goes for probably a lot of us probably most of us. And so all those preservatives, all the packaged food we ate, all the processed, frozen, this, that, cause impeded bile flow as well. 
um, you know, you have estrogen dominance, you've got environmental chemicals. So things like industrial chemicals that are in soaps, your shampoo, body wash, every hand soap you use for the first until you switch natural, you know, 20, however many years it was, all the cleaning products that are sprayed around your house, paints, drywalls, you name it, right? All these industrial chemicals slow our metabolism down. They slow all of our body bodily functions down. And, and when the bioflow gets impeded is when these uh, chemicals like bile and cholesterol and stuff, they start to congeal and they basically form stones. So that's what gallstones are essentially made of. And they get stuck in your bile ducts and in your gallbladder. So the, the protocol consists of uh, a few days of very simple prep. And then on flush day, you stop eating around 1 p.m. And you drink a series of Epsom salt water drinks, which are to dilate the bile ducts and to act as a laxative. Um, and then at night, you drink olive oil and lemon juice. And that stimulates basically a huge release of, of bile because bile releases in our body to digest fat. Um, and so that's why it's so important because it helps us assimilate fat soluble vitamins and, and to digest our fat and our food, et cetera, that we eat. So, so the olive oil and lemon juice stimulates a huge release of bile because you're drinking about half a cup of olive oil. So your body's like, okay, I need to digest tons of fat all at once. So it releases basically like as much as it can from your gallbladder and your bile ducts. And then with the Epsom salts. Uh, as a laxative, you're basically removing all that stuff through the number two. Uh, and you do that all through the morning and the next day. Wow. Super interesting. I've seen your post where you kind of showed the pictures of the gallstones and things like that. So how many of those have you done and what have you, what has been your experience on as far as like the benefits or the effects you've seen? So I've done, uh, I think I've done seven now and I've passed tons of stones. Like, you know, any, there's a lot of them that are like pebble size, like very, very small. And you will be releasing like thousands of those. And then wow. larger ones, you know, there's like medium sized ones, like the size of chickpeas, sizes, maybe two chickpeas put together. And then there are even bigger ones that I've passed that are just like, the size of my thumb easily it's crazy like just crazy to see the things that that we have that are impeding our life force and you know our body's overall function to come out of you and um the benefits that you see you know from removing that is so from a first-hand experience when i when I get the benefits of a flush for me, it's like, it's like a feeling of true vitality and of like life force. So I don't know exactly how to like quantify that, but, but the feeling of like bile flowing properly and your liver functioning very well is like, you're like digesting food amazingly. You're hungry. You're hungry for life. 
you're you feel vital your mood is like really raised like you're happy you just even just like staring at a wall or staring at a tree you're still happy because because the liver is just functioning properly and it's like it's like this whole orchestra in the body is just like playing the right music for once like you know where like before maybe like the instruments are all out of whack and and like one person's playing one note and the other person's playing a whole different song and all of a sudden it's like the symphony just starts playing the right song the right music and everything just starts to just click and flow and it feels really really good and and that's how like in my opinion that's what like true vitality feels like and uh you can you can sort of like feel that temporarily and then as your body knows that you've eliminated a bunch of that stuff more toxicity that's essentially like further suppressed in your gallbladder and your bile ducts etc moves can move forward and you can start to feel sort of congested again and then that's when you'll flush again and again and a lot of people that have surpassed basically like 20 40 50 flushes are ones that will report like essentially like life-changing benefit um and so my goal is to to get up there wow and so do you just kind of go off of like that sort of feeling like okay i think i need another flush or is there like a specific time period you're supposed to wait between flushes how do you know how often to do one yeah so this is like you know we're in it's not totally uncharted territory but there's no you know there's no studies done on this right there's no like there's no there's no science uh on the on the liver flush uh so what we're dealing with really is real people with real experiences and we're and we're all learning from each other in the book the andreas morris book book um he says to do one once a month but we have like this kind of small community of experienced liver flushes, flushers. And I have a friend, his name's Adam as well. And this guy has, I think he started flushing after me and he's surpassed 60 now. And I've done seven, right? So he's doing them like once a week. And, and you have some of these, you know, I have a friend, uh, Marta and she was chronically ill for a long time. She's reversed a lot of that, but she's done 150. Um, and so they're doing like three flushes sometimes in like one series. They're they're doing just crazy stuff. Uh, basically, just you know, cutting through the forest, making a brand new path in this in this whole world. So there isn't you know any rules per se, but. Uh, you do really have to be in tune with your body and this process gets you, it forces you to be in tune with your body because you start to get feedback like you've never received before. You know, like I've never had any sensation of my, of my liver ever. <laughs> like it's just been so, so suppressed that I haven't ever felt what, what liver good or bad is like, I, you know, it just, for me, it was just I drove it into the ground and that was it. And my and my body just kind of suppressed that for a long time. And then we've been slowly regaining vitality over over the past six, seven years. But you start to feel very, very vivid feedback. And especially when you feel the highs of like the just like high, like crazy bile flow after a flush, 
then even like moderate lows start to feel a lot lower because you get used to a higher standard of living, right? And and that's happened to me many times on my health journey in general, right? It's like you just keep peeling back layers and layers of of where you're getting used to higher and higher standards of, of being and living where like before you, you know, you could have functioned on on no sleep and you're just like this kind of robot just going around life and but now you you just you feel like you want to have more like you you only want to function with mo- with the most amount of energy and the best digestion and all that stuff and uh so that's a big learning experience that comes through this process and you really get in tune with your body which i think is highly valuable that's amazing i can uh, even from coffee enemas, I can feel some sort of like what, what you're describing right now, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, a couple hours after the enema, you just feel like you release the bile, especially if I'm like doing a pretty heavy kind of like uh, mineral rebalancing or some form of like uh, detox protocol that I had to do for Lyme. When I would do the enemas, I'm like, Ooh, like, you know, the brain fog kind of lifts, the energy's there, the, the inflammation's down. So I can only imagine what you're doing with these liver flushes uh, probably are amazing. I know people are going to maybe ask me if they listen to this episode, um, is there just like a PDF they can read to kind of get a quick rundown on how to do a liver flush? Or would you suggest reading the entire book? Because some people like just want to know what the fuck to do. And then some people want to like, you know, actually want to read the entire book. There's always two camps. Uh, I can send you the PDF. Uh, There's like a link to it and they can go right to the chapter. It's like, I don't know, chapter nine or 10 or something. And they can just read that one chapter and it basically just outlines the protocol. Um, I have it listed very basically on my Instagram profile, but okay, uh, we'll send people there. And also if you want to send over the PDF, I'll link it in the show notes just so it's easier that way, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and yeah, and coffee, coffee enemas, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, and those uh, release bile like in a, in a really great way as well. So if someone didn't want to do the flush, I would say like do coffee enemas, do castor oil packs, you know, take bitters, uh, get on maybe some like enzymes, some ox bile, tudka is awesome. And there you have uh, more like a, like a, I guess like a more gentler uh, liver detox, but still quite effective. You know, it's, it's not going to, you're not going to get the same results as doing this intense flushing, but uh, with coffee enemas, especially like, and the rest of the stuff in Tutka, you're going to get a really, uh, you know, at least a, a very good result from that, from staying consistent with that stuff. Yeah, you kind of just named like all the things that I haven't done a liver flush, but I was interested in picking your brain on it. And because I do the ox bile, because I'm on a uh, kind of similar, uh, I know you, you might have, you listen to Mito Life, I know. So you might have heard the Clark Engelbert uh, episode, the HTMA practitioner. So I don't, I, I've talked to Clark quite a few times and uh, have his number and everything, but I work with a different practitioner, but they're like the same kind of camp, Paul Eck guys and do mineral the redox rebound. Stasis? Yeah. Redox. Yeah. Yep. That's, yeah. that's my practitioner. He's great. Um, cool. He has me on the, um, ox bile with every meal because of the minerals will help to uh, detox the metals. And so I was like, I'm on ox bile. I do the taurine, which I want to jump into next, uh, and the glycine. So 
Um, it's kind of you uh, named all the things that I'm kind of doing and then the coffee enemas, but I haven't tried the actual liver flushes quite yet. But yeah, if, if you've never had a HTMA done by someone like Clark or Redox, it's super eye opening comparison to an HTMA I've had in the past, like the way that they analyze and interpret the uh, being like the Paul Eck guys, like it's mm-hmm. super, super different in comparison into how a normal person would read it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I love that they uh, are bringing in more nuance to the conversation and like uh, understanding mineral metal antagonism and stuff is, you know, mm-hmm. basically with like magnesium and stuff. I've been, I like wrote about that a long time ago and, you know, but these guys are like bringing it to the next level, which is, which is super awesome. Yeah, he, he actually, um, he had me taking, even though my magnesium was low, I was taking like five caps of this Bioptimizers product, which I love Bioptimizers. I've had them on the show multiple times and um, they're great. And I love that magnesium. And uh, I used to do the magnesium, um, which you sell the, uh, what's it called? Bicarb. And um but he actually has me taking two caps instead of five. And so that's like interesting, right? It's like, it's not this type of like replacement theory. It's like, he's like, no, I can bump your zinc up and then that'll, you know, boost the calcium magnesium ratio. So it's, it's really interesting how they like, you would think like, oh, my magnesium to calcium ratio is low. I'll just take like way more magnesium. And he has me taking less. So really interesting how they like have you, it's, it, there's so much nuance to the minerals and how they affect each other. And so I'm excited to see how the, the minerals, uh, how the, as I keep retaking tests and how they, how they switch. But um, let's jump into, I loved your post about, uh, glycine and taurine. Speaking of bioptimizers, they have an amazing sleep supplement. I just did a show on it last week. It's not out yet. And it's got taurine and glycine in it. And I actually sent uh, the CEO of Bioptimizers your post because I asked him if he had done any research about like bile and bile flow with the with the mixture of taurine and glycine. And that was actually new to him. So I figured it'd be a little bit of research that he could dive into to help promote his his uh, sleep supplement because we you know that's when you're mostly detoxing, right? That's when you want the bile to kind of dump and get all the get everything flowing is why you sleep so you can kind of drain everything. But why don't you tell us why you love like a glycine kind of taurine combo for bile? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll reach out to that guy for royalties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So learning about uh, the liver and the bile flow and stuff has has led me to understanding the basically a newfound importance of, of glycine and taurine. So these are two amino acids that have been used you know, by a very like large uh, demographic of sort of like the health communities, even like, you know, ranging into bodybuilding and stuff. So these are like super, super widely used amino acids. And uh, most people know taurine because it's like in Red Bulls, it's like the give you wings kind of amino acid. And then glycine is seen as this like sleep, uh, eight basically. Um, but, but, uh, there's definitely more to the story there. And the beauty about these two amino acids, uh, in particular about, you know, what I'm going to go through is that when we're talking about bile, so, so bile, like I said before, are, it's a substance that helps you digest the fats that you consume basically um it helps you it binds to cholesterol 
it helps you use it's part of the use of cholesterol so like let's say like a high marker of cholesterol could just be that your bile flow your liver is, is basically impeded um and that's why you're getting that reading right <clears throat> taurine and glycine actually let me back up so there's bile acids uh which get produced by the liver so the liver produces bile acids and then from there, uh, what gets formed are bile salts. And bile salts are the final product that actually do this fat digesting and stuff. So you get bile acids that conjugate with amino acids. So the two main amino acids that the bile acids conjugate with are taurine and glycine. And when they do that, they create bile salts. And so like Tudka, for example is a bile salt and the udca is uh ursi deoxycholic acid that's the that's the bile acid and taurine is the t so once you have all of it in one conjugated that's tudka is the bile salt and that's basically like a detergent it helps clean your intestine it, like it you know it keeps your intestine clean it basically like sweeps through <clears throat> Can help you detox estrogen, help you detox things that are rotting in your intestine potentially because you're not digesting them well, um, and assimilate fat soluble vitamins. So you know your liver's all messed up, and you're taking tons of fat solubles. Maybe you're not even getting the most out of them, or or much at all, because your bile isn't operating properly. So when you take exogenous taurine and glycine, you're helping these bile acids get conjugated into bile salts and then you're getting this detergent aspect. You're getting the fat soluble vitamin digestibility. You might improve your digestion because now you're digesting fat better and then you, you're going to get, you know, reduced bloating <clears throat> and then your liver is going to start functioning better because you're moving these bile acids through into bile salts and you're reducing some of that congestion there. So your liver starts to function better. And then imagine the liver functioning better is just a domino effect because of how many functions the liver has. So all of a sudden you're creating glycogen better. So you're using carbohydrates better. Your, your metabolism is just running better because like the liver is your metabolic orchestrator producing enzymes that do all these different functions, right? And so really like the base of your metabolic health starts there it starts at the liver <clears throat> and what we're trying to do is basically keep the energy flowing so that it can do its job and uh taurine and glycine basically help greatly through that process there of forming the bile salts that's amazing do you have any information this kind of just popped in my mind it wasn't in my notes about why why do we need so much help with bile flow? Is it, is it nutritional deficiencies? Is it just the overall amount of toxins that are kind of like making the bile flow not as active as it normally would be? I mean, what do you think it is and why we need so much bile support? I think, uh, I think basically our circumstance, you know, our lives typically put an, an enormous stress on the liver. So, so when you think of uh, like the just the amount of toxins that we're exposed to on a day-to-day -day basis, like 
you might go outside and inhale some like exhaust from a bunch of cars. Quick camp trail. Yeah. <laughs> quick little <laughs> sniff of chem trail. You go into Walmart maybe. They have like cleaners like sprayed all over the store, over every surface, etc. So you're like breathing in like who knows what industrial cleaners. And like your the the your primary, you know, detoxifier is your liver. And so imagine it it shouldn't be coming into contact with almost any of this stuff on a day-to-day basis. So like you're constantly getting bombarded with like, and then you go wash your dishes with like this, you know, palm olive dish soap or something. And you're like inhaling it and getting all over your skin and you're absorbing it. And then you go wash your body in chlorinated tap water. So like, it's just ubiquitous for the average person who hasn't gone thoroughly audited their life and try to remove as many of these environmental stressors as possible then you're just straight up inundated with with toxins environmental toxins all day every day on top of that you're not grounded so your electrical flow is all messed up your body because you sit in an office or your house all day and you're light deficient etc so energetically you're slowing down and then on top of that then we get into the food like we haven't even been into the food yet so on top of that you've you've consumed basically like hufas your entire life you you have like low amount of high quality saturated fats in ratio to to the unsaturated fats your entire life which is a stress on the liver you have like nutrient deficiencies out the wazoo because you grew up on basically like everything you ate probably three times a day was like just made a white flour and and then you ate fast food like and then you stayed up all night maybe i'm just you maybe it was me i'm just saying it was definitely for example me. yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah so it's really just like it's like how is the liver even functioning is like a better question it's like how are we even alive <laughs> it's like is like a is like a more amazing question to me um and so but yeah but but the liver being the primary detoxifier is why it's taken such a hit and so like you know if you were to just have like small amounts of of issues or like small amounts of toxins being present every day maybe you'd be able to handle it and you'd be totally fine but you had everything i I listed everything I just said, and then you went and got drunk like every single weekend. And just, and the, the experience of drunkness itself is, is the liver not metabolizing alcohol fast enough. And so you get all, you know, woozy and stuff. So really what, what we're dealing with is just like extreme, extreme liver toxicity, uh, like to the max. And that entire you know thing that i've just illustrated is i guess what impedes bile flow <laughs> it's like it's just your liver's at a halt hello everyone first of all i'd love to thank you for tuning in to the integrative thoughts podcast i am your host matt kaufman and through this platform i plan on seeking out guests that interest me that i am curious about and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life 
in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Yeah, it's just insane. I I always actually say that to my wife. Like, it's actually more amazing that I'm actually alive and somewhat healthy than it actually is that I still have a little bit of brain fog. You know, like I'm like, what I did to this body was just absolutely insane. I'd be stay up on drugs for two days straight, and just like the then you start getting into seed oils, and you go, "Fuck, dude! I I don't think I ever ate a meal that wasn't seed oils for thirty years. (laughs) It's insane, dude." It's crazy. Uh, I want to circle back around to the Tudka. So, because I just take the um, regular taurine that's in the Bioptimizer sleep, stupl- uh, sleep supplement. Why do you like you like Tudka more than you like just a regular taurine supplement? My buddy loves Tudka too. Yeah, taurine taurine is great. Um, and but taurine has benefits beyond just it being used uh, as a bile salt or for for the creation of bile salt, and so you may use you know, your your body may assimilate a lot of that taurine and use it for many different processes mm. um when you're taking it as tudka then you are taking the formed bile salt and it's having that concentrated effect it's not doing anything else um and so you are directly taking you know the liver support the liver detergent and nothing else that makes a lot a lot of sense. What kind of dose are you doing with the taurine and the glycine? Um, so I'm I've been experimenting with different doses uh, today and yesterday. I've been uh, actually yeah, I think for three days straight. It's three grams of taurine I've been doing two or three. I, I'm actually forgetting now. Um, glycine. I'm actually I don't have any glycine right now, so I'm sticking to what's in my MagPlus capsules. So I'll be getting only about four to six hundred milligrams a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the taurine is one that I'm I'm really experimenting with taking more and more of. And at higher doses, yeah, you can you can really like clear your glycogen stores, and you can start using burning through energy real fast. And it's actually uh, it's actually in Red Bull because it balances the caffeine. It's not It's not like a stimulant. It actually is anti-anxiety and it actually helps calm you and, and keep you more stable. So you get like more of a stable energetic effect from taurine. Um, and so, yeah, I've been using it. Uh, I used it pre-workout uh, yesterday with a couple drops of methylene blue under my tongue, some OJ and some salt. And yeah, I felt great through the workout. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, yeah, I think there's three grams, if I'm not mistaken, in that sleep supplement of each glycine and taurine. And right. that, that sleep supplement is the, I mean, there's some other stuff in there too, like a little bit of zinc, magnesium, some active form of B6, a couple things. But uh, right. that thing is, they sent me a free bottle and I haven't quit using it since. I haven't missed a day. Right. <laughs> I was like, let me buy like five more of these. It was actually amazing uh, for sleep. And you just actually brought up something where I want to shift to for the rest of the uh, show because I've been doing methylene blue for quite some time. And what I was doing for the longest, and I still do that, is 
to just buy like a bulk of the like pharmaceutical grade powder and then just mix it up myself. But I know a lot of people don't want to go like into the, okay, mix it up. How much is each, how many milligrams is each drop? And you have it kind of already easily in a form for them to just buy it in a bottle. And it's already dosed at, I believe one milligram a drop, if I'm not mistaken, but why don't you tell us what made you go down the methylene blue rabbit hole and what methylene blue even is? Yeah. Yeah. It's half a milligram. And, um, so methylene blue, I found a few years ago, uh, I guess it, yeah, it must've been almost four or five years ago now. Um, time's flying. And I initially found it as, you know, just going through, I maybe the rapey forums or something like that. And I wanted to just try it for myself, you know, seemed like it had, awesome benefits for the metabolism and as a nootropic. And so I began taking it um, and just researching it more. And I found just so many tremendous benefits that it had to the point where I was like, this, this is, this thing is too good to be true. Like it's just, it benefits the metabolism like immensely. It's like, basically like anti-poison of all sorts. Like it's literally like anti-pesticide, anti-carbon monoxide, anti-shock, just like any poisoning you get, it's beneficial for, uh, because of the nature of that. And, um, and I remember feel like feeling just like this super, super heightened state of being like to the point where like my quality of life was just, was just improved. Like from taking methylene blue, I just experienced a higher quality of life and that just raised the bar. Like, boom, that's my standard. So, um, I was, you know, researching to start my company and I really just wanted to make like a magnesium bicarbonate product. That was like number one thing I was, I was looking to do. And I found a way to, to basically be able to distribute, like sell methylene blue to, to more people, you get it in more people's hands. And I said, like, I have to do this. I looked around for safety. Like, I was like, there's got to be a, a, a catch here. Like this thing, maybe it's unsafe or something. And I looked and looked and looked. It's extraordinarily safe. Like, there's one contraindication with SSRIs and, and one enzyme deficiency uh, disorder, very rare. And otherwise, it's like extremely safe. And, uh, from then on, I just, I knew I had to sell it and I had to basically bring it to the public. Um, and that's what I did. So, I mean, if you want, I can like, I can basically go into what it is and what it does or if there's any, you want to hear about it. Okay. Go ahead and tell people what I know what it is, but go ahead and let (laughs) people know what methylene blue even is. Yeah. So it's a, it's a synthetic compound, uh, that actually comes from the textile dye industry. So it's a blue dye, it's synthetic, uh, you know, made in the lab. And it was used uh, first for for biological staining in like uh, tissue samples back in 1876. So it's actually the oldest synthetic uh, medicinal compound that, that was ever used. It's the very first one. And it was used by a German guy named Paul Ehrlich. He was using it for biological tissue staining. Uh, when studying patients with like certain infections and he would basically find that these 
these infections, these tissues would essentially totally regain their health uh, after he would stain them, which he just wanted, you know, he was basically just trying to stain them for color to for identification purposes. And he was basically witnessing these tissues just be brought back to life. And um, so that is the the foundation of what methylene blue is, does. It is it basically breathes life back into tissues, and it does that through the flow of electrons. Um, so methylene blue is considered a redox agent, which means it can accept and give electrons as need be in the context that it's in. So uh, let's say, so oxidation is, is when something is, is losing electrons. So you have a molecule in your body, it's being oxidized. It, it's losing electrons. Methylene blue can come in and give its own electrons back to that thing that's been oxidized. And, and then that molecule, that tissue, et cetera, basically comes back to health, comes back to life. Vice versa, if something is reduced or it has too much electrons, too many electrons, methylene blue can take on more electrons, just I guess because of the way the molecule is, it can take on more electrons from that thing that basically has too many. So it has this effect where it's like a... It's like an amazing like center forward or something in soccer, like a center midfielder, where it can pass the ball and receive the ball and pass the ball back and receive the ball, you know, until basically your your body can score a goal, which is like achieve good health. And it does that through the electron uh, the electron flow. So it helps your body. What what your body does when it's creating energy is is uh, it runs through a process in your mitochondria called the electron transport chain. And it's basically just like in your cells, there's like just in a very basic level, there's like electrons flowing through this like chain, they call it. And, uh, and that's, that's where oxygen is being sort of used and breathed and oxygen becomes water through that process and heat and heat and water create your structure which is you and structure and energy are basically intertwined they they exist they exist together and that's why ray pete always talked about energy and structure because they are one and the same and so this process of energy using oxygen into water and heat um that can get impeded basically by pesticides by toxins etc what those things do is they block the electron transport and therefore they impede your body's producing energy and producing structure. So what methylene blue does is it's, it's basically like a shortcut. So where oxygen isn't able, isn't where oxygen is being blocked from, from taking on these electrons through this chain, methylene blue is basically able to step in and do that do that process without oxygen, you know, being involved. Um, and so it reinvigorates the entire energy process throughout your whole body. It's not a specific action, you know. It's not going to your nose or your toes or your freaking fingers. Methylene blue has this amazing whole body effect. 
and it's able to to reinvigorate tissues that basically goes where it needs to go and, and reinvigorates those tissues from, from an electrical perspective. Yeah, and that's what it seems to happen is um, when I take methylene blue, um, I, I just feel more energy, more, it's like a nootropic basically, like more mental clarity, just all around better feeling. And, um, you know, I've never had one single negative side effect and I've played with uh, 300 milligram suppositories. I've done higher dose with the, with the drops I've done lower dose. Have you seen, um, is there a difference in dosing? I think I've read that somewhere like a higher dose is kind of more like if you're really sick, kind of antiviral. And then people are doing the, you know, cup more like one, two, three, four milligram doses for like the nootropic effect. Is, is that correct? Yeah. So with, uh, taking methylene blue, I, I just think that more isn't always better. Um, it just, even in my experience, like sometimes even a lower dose will have a greater effect on me. I don't know why that is exactly, but uh, that's just the way that it seems. And, and a lot of people I talk to and, you know, things that I've read suggest similar stuff. Um, and so there's a bit of, I guess, nuance we can go into with dosing. Like some people like to, to add it to water and just drink it all down. And other people like like to take it under their tongue. And so when you're taking it under your tongue and letting it absorb through the gums, you're getting a more direct uh, entryway into your bloodstream by letting it sit there versus when you're bringing it down into the digestive tract, it has to go through the stomach and then essentially be absorbed through the intestine. Um, And so you may not absorb as much or it may have more of a effect on cleaning the gut or or you know helping the gut versus when you're taking it under your tongue you're it's going to go right into your bloodstream and then be delivered essentially through the blood to x or y tissue and the reason it has a nootropic effect mainly for most people is that the brain uses you know a quarter of, of your entire body's oxygen and about the same in your glucose and so so you're really like the the highest demand for it is in the brain is if the oxygen flow is impeded and whatever the highest demand will be in the brain and therefore you'll feel it more as a nootropic versus you know your knee or something like my knee feels amazing um and so for me even drops as, as low as two milligrams, one milligram even, which is like two drops, four drops, up to, let's say, five to 10 milligrams. Those, those to me are like very effective doses for day-to-day, you know, focus, energy production, mental clarity, you know, improvement in, in day-to-day motor abilities and that kind of thing and just overall cognition and stuff so i would stick i stick to those doses you can try more obviously but then it gets into clinical dosing which is like if you go to a hospital and you're severely poisoned let's say with carbon monoxide they will they will then introduce a dose that's like one milligram uh per kilogram of body weight up to let's say almost four or five so that would be like clinical dosing 
And clinical dosing is well studied uh, and it's safe as well. But the way that, you know, remember earlier in the conversation, I, I spoke about like therapy and lifestyle. That's an acute therapeutic dose. And the goal there is to reverse uh, severe toxic poisoning throughout the body. And so I don't see the need to take, let's say, like those types of clinical dosings on a day-to-day basis if you're not having carbon monoxide poisoning every single day. Hopefully not. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but it is approved in hospital for uh, septic shock, carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, UTIs, and uh, malaria. And a, and a blood disorder called methemoglobinemia. And methemoglobinemia is essentially like your bo- your blood is not carrying oxygen. And uh, that's actually blue blood. And then when your blood has oxygen in it, it's red. Super interesting. And um, I'm going to try out putting that under my tongue next time I try it because I feel like that maybe that's uh, kind of mimicking the trochies that everyone takes. I've never played with the trochies yet, but I I didn't really think of that. I always just put it in the water. And I know that, um, you know, maybe we'll get banned for talking about this, but when the thing was going around the past couple of years, every single time that <clears throat> I thought that I had that or maybe had that, I would do some pretty higher doses, like a couple times a day for a few days. And I would be great within like 24 hours whenever I had a, had a bug, but I do think maybe that was, that's not definitely not necessary for just a daily kind of functioning, getting some work done and just improving overall energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I kind of have a different perspective because I don't actually believe in the existence of viruses or that they cause illness, but uh, you know, whatever, whatever does cause this process, the illness process, uh, whether it's energetic in nature or it's a detoxification of sorts or, or something in between, um, you know, it's easier to know what isn't than what is. But uh, what I will say is that methylene blue is very, very effective in those scenarios. Um, Not because it suppresses symptoms like other drugs uh, or, you know, other types of medicines, but it basically reinvigorates your your life flow and your your body's entire way of producing energy and using oxygen and then that helps you detox and that helps your body function and so people can turn around a lot quicker from from these acute illnesses uh by using you know a little higher dose and maybe you know like what you said is in a situation like that, perhaps there's a higher demand uh, for a little bit more and then you can increase the dose temporarily. Yeah. As my wife and I, we just, I have us doing a couple higher doses, maybe like 60 milligrams or 50 for like a couple times a day for a couple of days, stack it with a little ozone. And then we already have our normal like sauna and kind of healthy PMF mat and things over here anyway. So I'm, I'm never really too worried about getting a sniffle or a bug. I don't really... I don't really find it to be intimidating or, you know, I'm not washing my hands. I probably wash my hands the least amount of times <laughs> than I ever have in the past couple of years. I feel like that's such a psyop as well and kind of diminishes your immune function as well. Um, I wanted to ask you about 
um, stacking methylene blue with some form of like red light therapy. What, what's, why do people like to combine the two? Um, they like to do that based on, uh, based on there's a, you know, quite a few studies where methylene blue is used with uh, certain frequencies of light. And they basically use that to kill cancer cells, uh, to get rid of cancers. Yeah. And, and really like things like that. And they, you know, they do it for certain illnesses. Um, but yeah, it's based on, on those studies and methylene blue has a similar, like, so we're, if we're talking about red light therapy, Red light therapy stimulates like the cytochrome C oxidase, which is part of the electron transport chain. And uh, methylene blue can have a, a similar effect. It, it does. And so basically it's like a mitochondrial, you know, energy flow type of, of stack, I guess you could call it. Uh, and that's, I think, why it's beneficial and, and used mainly. Um, you wouldn't want to take like a super duper high dose, like, like an entire bottle, let's say, or like a super clinical dose maybe. And then, and then shine UV, like go in the sun, UV light, because then you can, you can actually get uh, like photo damage that way. But in small doses, it's beneficial. It's one of those things where the dose makes the, the effect. That's interesting. I didn't know that about the high, high doses and that you kind of touched on something else I was going to bring up. If ever someone doesn't have like, obviously a super fancy, red light panel like I do or whatever, um, is sunlight still, still doable? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, sunlight's just so amazing for so many things. It's like, why wouldn't, I mean, I live in Florida and I'm, I'm assuming that's part of the reason why you moved to Mexico. I mm -hmm. mean, you went all the way to Mexico, so good for you. But, um, just the sunlight, man, I'm from Michigan. I'm like, I'm like you from up North, man. And mm -hmm. it's like, you didn't even know you had seasonal depression and how much sunlight could do for you until you just moved to somewhere where you can get it year round. It's, it's absolutely life-changing. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the light from the sun is, is like what helps our body communicate with our entire surroundings. Right. And, and when we're shielded from that, you know, forced to stay inside essentially in like our drywalled houses and stuff. I think we lose our connection to, to real life and we lose our connection to reality, which is, is dampening energetically, but it's like, it dampens like the, the light of our, you know, of our soul or like the, the, the inner light that like is supposed to shine from us, you know, when we lose our connection to the light, because light is like an information source. And so when we, when we lose connection to that, I think, I think it's beyond just like a physical, you know, or like material thing that we lose. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my thought. Yeah. Cause even, I know it's so hard, like living back home, um, to get out there when it's cold, but it's like, even just getting out there with like a, the, with like a, a winter coat on or whatever and a hat and just getting some in your eyes, I feel like would be life-changing for people. Yeah. And it's hard though. I mean, being, I, I would probably do it if I had to move back to the snow, just knowing what I know now, I'd probably force it. So mm -hmm. at least get out there and just see what you can do and stay out there for 15 minutes or something kind of early. But 
it's, I know it's hard, but it just would make so much of a big change. And that's why I, I haven't left Florida because I just can go out there year round, get some grounding in. Like usually after I get off a podcast, because sometimes I'll go like two, three hours, depending on the guest. And it's like after staring at these damn screens and this ring light and everything for a few hours, I'm like instantly outside bare feet you know, 30, 45 minutes of sun just to kind of rebalance from all this fucking phones and everything that we're looking at all day. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I've, I've prioritized my workspace being like, I have like a huge sort of like glass door that's wide open in front of me and just tons of light coming in here. So I've made sure to, to prioritize that with, uh, you know, the way that I've moved and lived and stuff. Uh, and it's made a huge difference for my eyes as well. I used to work mm. even, you know, just last year, late last year in a very dark room and, uh, and getting the, the light from the screen while you're in a dark room is like your pupils dilate because you're in a dark room and then you're getting the, the blue light from the screen into your dilated pupils. So you're getting like a super huge dose of the the blue light and the screen and probably flicker from the screen and stuff and that was having like like i was just dry eye every day pain like like very noticeable like eye pain and stuff every day and strain but uh yeah you're just working so you kind of say you have to but coming here with just all this bright light flooding into my workspace all the time. My pupils are smaller, so they're letting in less light from the screen and just constantly feel uh, less dry eye and just way better overall, less irritation. Yeah, that makes total sense. Do you use like the Iris program? I, I've had Iris for like five years at least. Like it's, I can't believe people would sit on their computer and work all day without it. It's like 15 bucks for like a lifetime thing. And it's, it's like a, a big game changer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been using that for a long time. Uh, especially at night too, or, or in the dark, you know, like light relativity is very, very important. Uh, so like when you're in a bright space, obviously you can handle more light coming off a screen, but it's in the dark. It, it matters even, I'd say like a lot more. Yeah. That's the best part about Iris. You can just go all the way red if you need to jump on something. And I have the same, if I like click the click the button on my phone three times, it goes red as well. So I kind of do have both of those. And just in case I need to check an email or do some last minute stuff at night that I can at least hop on there without being so affected by the blue light. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Is there uh, anything else uh, you want to touch on about methylene blue? People should know about methylene blue uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I encourage people to experiment and and find out, you know, take in information for themselves, experiment and, and adjust based on how your body responds. Everyone is different and in a different context. So I think that, you know, instead of asking a ton of questions, you should just like go find answers and find what those are for you. And in of one experiment, right? Yeah. That's how I look at my my lifestyle for sure. And if I'm not mistaken, last time I looked on your website, the methylene blue is actually just labeled MB with a question mark. Is it still like that? Yeah. Yeah. Back in uh, April of 2021, the product uh, basically got ripped off my website. And uh, 
I was told not to uh, have it on there. And so I had to change things up a little bit. I wouldn't even think that would be legal that they could just do that. On their, especially with so many other companies. So many other companies promote it. It gets crazy. How are they not getting flagged down? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was me specifically that got, uh, I got the, the hammer dropped on me. And the same week, uh, Instagram and and Facebook uh, restricted all my accounts. I can't do any advertising or, or anything like that to this day. Wow, still? That's crazy. <laughs> you know, I got flagged for, um, I made a coffee enema post and, and kind of just said that I had been experiment, experimenting with putting uh, copper sulfate drops in there and methylene blue drops, right? And it got like flagged and I felt like, honestly, I felt like I got less engagement on my profile ever since. And it didn't say anything about the virus or anything. It was just like, I talked about the benefits of coffee enemas. And I said, lately I've been experimenting with adding in copper sulfate drops and methylene blue. That's all it said. It didn't say like antiviral or this or that. And it literally got like COVID flagged. And I felt like my, my whole profile got less engagement ever since. Yeah, yeah, you're in the doghouse now. Welcome. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, because it was just the wrong time period. Because it was like 2020 or 2021, you know, and it, it was super interesting. And I didn't think anything of it because, you know, they got the methylene blue trochees and Ben Greenfield talk. I mean, everyone talks about it. So, but it got flagged. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. So, like, I don't really understand how those companies and those guys get away with it. I. Especially with the huge platforms they have. Like, you know, you're looking at little guys like I have, I don't have that big of a following and yours is a lot bigger than mine, but it's not 200,000 or anything. No, not even close. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're, (laughs) I I don't know. They controlled off. I don't know. That's so funny, man. I didn't know that you were still dealing with that. So if you guys do want to try out his product and you're looking for the methylene blue drops, it'll just be labeled like kind of a blank photo with MB and a question mark. Why don't you tell everybody where to find you on Instagram, uh, what your website is, and you have a bunch of other products. If you want to kind of rattle off a few of those that they can try, you can do that as well. Awesome. Um, yeah, my Instagram is Adam Marfiotti. That's just all uh, one word. And my business is lifeblood.co. That's my website, L-I-F-E-B-L-U-D.co. And Instagram is at lifebloodco. Um yeah, and I just sell basically a host of supplements that help reinvigorate the energy process. And uh, I'm branching out sort of this year into a few other things like high quality amino acids and a Tudka product that I'm working on, actually. Um, so I'm really excited about that stuff. I just launched a K2 pro- uh, in capsule, capsule form in like a lower dose that's like super affordable. Um, and yeah, I just focus on basically trying to get the highest quality ingredients and the best forms of supplements because a lot of the big companies out there, they have, you know, like really affordable products and stuff and you can go on Amazon and find a lot of stuff, but often the products are either not effective or the wrong forms of stuff, or they add a bunch of stuff in the capsule that is you know, weird or just not stuff we want in our bodies in general uh, on an ongoing basis. And uh, so I've just been trying to basically provide a solution to that issue because, you know, supplements are really helpful and, 
you know, all the context that we've talked about in this show and stuff, it's just like supplements can be super, you know, results oriented and results giving. And it's nice to just be able to use clean supplements um, and not have to worry about like, oh, is there this toxin in that? Or is, you know, what's not mentioned a lot is like the active ingredients of, of supplements can be like, can be like 10% by weight of like the actual ingredient and like 80% of like some nonsense and uh, companies don't have to list that at all. They can just list the active ingredient and you won't know. And so like, I don't know, like there's just a lot of the stuff kind of behind the scenes that these big companies don't care. They're, they're not customers of their own products. They don't care about like your health. They're not like on the ground with us. Right. And like, trying to like figure stuff out and get healthier and and all that. And uh, I think it's just good to like have a company like mine or like there's probably other companies out there similar that are just like making clean, high quality stuff that you can use. And, you know, I'm not trying to tell people you need to take (laughs) supplements every day for the rest of your life or you need to take all my products, but do your research, you know, and uh, if you want to take them, they're there and they're good. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I'm a huge proponent of supplements of some form. I think with the, with the toxicity and the heavy metals and the chronic infections, I think it's, it's really, really hard to get everything you need through just the whole foods diet. I tried that for a long time and it just, it didn't work. So the, you know, there's multiple, you know, you know, different contributing factors there as far as like a lot of times I think we don't really seek out help when we kind of just feel off, when we have a little inflammation, we don't really go to, to try to seek help until we're like crashed and burned. Like I was right. Like Lyme disease, full blown, like brain fog, like wake up one day, like how in the fuck did I get here? Like what, what just mm-hmm. happened? I felt like last year I was like decent and now I'm just like totally off. But if I look back, there were years of low energy, you know, I was having hip joint pain. There was, there was signals that I just didn't pay attention to. And yeah. so that being said, I think a lot of people are in the same boat. They don't want to spend the money and they don't want to do certain things for their health and switch their diet. And then they get to such a point that there is no other way. Like the whole foods themselves aren't going to get you back because your gut functions so fucked up that you have malabsorption. Your stress levels are super high from all the toxins you have. So you're just like burning through minerals, burning through vitamins. So I think if a lot of people get to a critical point where there really is no way to, to get back to balance without a lot of these products. Yeah, agreed. Cool, man. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, your story, your supplements. I think you're doing great work. I, I'm glad there's more clean companies like yourself coming out who are really doing the research and then providing the information. Awesome. Thank you very much. It's been good. Yeah, later. Yeah, well, we'll have you back on, I guess, over time. Maybe as you keep coming out with new products, if, anytime you want to promote or whatever, just hit me up. Sweet. Cool. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.